0: Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard emerges with people from all walks of life who, through their own unique angle, succeed and flourish. Enjoy the ride and welcome to Unique Ways, an audio podcast. All right. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, an audio podcast. Got a really special guest on today. He's an American independent type designer who works in St. Paul, Minnesota. And his typefaces are often inspired by lettering styles of the past such as graphic design of the 1970s art deco graphics and wood type please join me in welcoming mark and welcome
1: thank you thank you for inviting me
0: are you ready for your 20 questions uh sure okay question one tell me a little bit more about yourself what do you do
1: well uh as you mentioned i'm a type designer i wasn't always a type designer i um, went to school to study graphic design and commercial art and thought I would become an illustrator instead I went into art direction for publications for a little while and then eventually I got into graphic design and then product design like packaging and things like that And then in, over the over that period over the several decades I always had in the back of my mind to do to design typefaces uh, starting back in college in the mid 70s And uh, eventually I started making fonts on the Macintosh in the eighties and started releasing them in the mid nineties. And by 2005, I was doing uh, type design full-time.
0: Perfect Um, for the audience, uh, Mark and I don't know each other until now, but we've had some um, typography people on the show. Um, A good friend Keith Tam has been on the show and we chatted about. Um, about you coming on the show. And of course, Eric Speakerman was uh, a key guest for us. Hmm. Um, so question two is, uh, what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different?
1: Um, well, I guess as a type designer, maybe um, the fact that I wasn't didn't start out just doing type design and nothing else. Um, since I have a background in graphic design and art direction, I think it gives me an edge over other type designers who maybe don't have that background because I have a sense of what works and what doesn't work in in type and uh, creating fonts. So I I try to um, imagine something when I'm coming up with a new design that I would want to use myself as a graphic designer or or as an art director. Um, And uh, I guess the other thing that maybe is i don't know i guess i'm starting to wonder if this is really different or not but i tend to have serial obsessions where i will be obsessed with one particular thing for like maybe if a, a couple of weeks or a couple of months or something like that and just get kind of go down the rabbit hole and um you know it could be you know animation or architecture or um some other topic or um photography or whatever and so i you know computer programming maybe and uh, type design used to be one of those things where i would periodically become obsessed with it and just uh and then just lose interest and so i um i'm kind of surprised that i've actually ended up sort of doing this full-time because uh at one time i wasn't sure if it would sustain my interest long enough to do it full-time so
0: Great. Um, before the episode, I was researching you on YouTube and found this great interview with you. I think it was called Designers on Designers. And um, you're mm. kind of sitting down with another designer chatting. And you've got this great kind of typography outfit. It's this this gray blazer with this plaid underneath and these kind of slim <laughs> blue jeans. And I was like, that's that's such a, a typography kind of thing. Um, and it's so, it's so perfect in so many ways. Um, and maybe that's something that makes you different.
1: I don't know uh yeah yeah, a lot of design graphic designers uh, tend to favor black in their in their uh, wardrobe yeah Uh, i'm not one of those
0: great okay number three why this of all things why do you do what you do
1: well i think um the the type design uh i think really works well for me because um i mean i have an artistic side i i you know like i said i i one time wanted to become an illustrator or maybe a cartoonist or something like that um, but i also have kind of a um my father was a uh studied engineering and had a kind of an engineering mind and he used to tell you know explain to me how things work all the time and so i've always been sort of a uh, interested in the technical side of things and building things and um and i think that the cool thing about type design is that it kind of is a com kind of, has little bits of both worlds. Um, you know, the design of the type faces, faces themselves requires some artistic talent and skill, um, but to make a font requires quite a bit of engineering and um, almost like programming skills. So uh, the combination uh, kind of suits me because it I don't get you know focused just on one side of it and to the Detriment of the other side, I can sort of switch back and forth between those two two modes in my mind.
0: Nice. Okay. Some people struggle with number four, but the question is, what does your future look like?
1: Well, um, I'm for the near term, I'm uh continuing to kind of work through my sort of back burner, I guess I I call it, um, sort of some people call it the bottom drawer of, you know, projects that they've started. Um, I, a few years ago, I, um, back in like 2016, 2017, I, I was kind of did a project where I just, this is another one of those kind of things where I went down a rabbit hole. I was looking through, I have a drawer full of, uh, sketches of typeface ideas that goes back to the mid seventies and I've just been collecting them over the years. And I just decided to scan them all in. I'd scanned some of them and decided to finish scanning them. And, um ended up with like something like 17, 16, 1,700 scans, drawings that I scanned in. And I thought, well, this is cool, but how would I ever find anything in this? And so I basically went through and kind of like tagged them all, uh, you know, sort of picked out designs that seemed to be a coherent idea and gave them names, just kind of random names. And I ended up um, creating sort of a spreadsheet kind of a database um, that listed all of the identifiable ideas that I'd had since the 70s which came to something like 280 I think and then I went through that and sort of categorized them and ranked them on ones which looked most promising and narrowed it down to a few dozen and i have been gradually trying to go through those and actually finish them and release them and I've Already done that with a, about a half a dozen typefaces, and that's what I'm planning to do for as long as I can. Um, so at least for the next, you know, five ten years. After that, I don't know. Um, we'll see how it goes.
0: That's great. You know, I imagine I'm kind of imagining you like. Uh, checking out your drawings and kind of knowing all the DNA that goes into that drawing, you know what time period, what influences, um, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of for each of those drawings. We had Kitam in the studio, and he uh, was checking out this book manuscript that was sitting on a, a pile of books, and he's like, "Oh, that's Stone Sands. That's what uh, MIT Press uses." And uh, his kind of instant recognition of that was was so magical, and I, I love that about type designers. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, you kind of get sort of obsessed with it and uh, it's almost like second nature it's like recognizing people you know you know
0: great Um, number five let's talk about location how does the notion of place play into what you do
1: um i don't think it makes all that much difference although i think uh, living in the midwest um there are a lot of type designers i think in the midwest uh, more than you would think I mean, there are also a lot in big cities like New York um, uh, just because of the publishing industry being there. Um, but but yeah, like um, I'm from originally from Wisconsin and there's actually quite a few type designers who are from Wisconsin that are around right now. Um, I don't know why that is exactly, but I, I think it's just uh, type design is kind of a, it's not a very flamboyant, career to t- go into. It's not like you become famous or anything, um, at least not in, in the normal sense. <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of a, you know, sort of modest sort of conservative uh, craft in a way. And, and I think that Midwestern sensibility sort of, I don't know, is a good uh, environment for that sort of activity. Um not sure what else to say about it, but that, that could have something to do with it.
0: Great. Okay, number six. If you had to start from the beginning, what advice would you give your former younger self?
1: Um. Well, I sort of feel like I wasted a lot of time in my twenties. Um, you know, yeah. a little bit too much partying and and doing dumb things. Um, you know, like uh, you know, smoking pot and things like that. And and feel like I I sort of squandered a lot of my energy and talent during those years although looking back i was actually pretty busy doing things um i think it's maybe some one of those things that on hindsight you you wonder if like if i'd been a little bit more disciplined with myself if uh if i would have you know done more earlier on um it's not like i wasn't like i said i wasn't it's not like i wasn't accomplishing anything but um as you get older you don't have the same kind of energy you have when you're younger um the same kind of uh stamina and things like that and so uh I guess my advice to anybody young is uh don't waste it you know it's not gonna you, you don't get a second chance at it
0: that's super interesting but through persistence you've managed to achieve what you wanted to achieve in a sense right
1: yeah yeah um but I sort of f- often feel kind of like a late bloomer like um, you look at a lot of certain type designers they started out very young even like as teenagers and you know they're you know kind of the the top of the um the field in a lot of ways um you know like uh, jonathan heffler and tobias Fair jones and people like that even keith i guess um uh you know and you know they caught on to it really early at a very young age and and um, got uh, learn very fast and you know that's the thing about when you're young it's easier to learn new things um, so uh, you know I think maybe I could have been even more successful at it all I, I, you know it's not like I'm complaining I think I've done pretty well for myself mm-hmm. uh, so I mean then you take other people like uh, Frederick Gowdy he didn't really start designing his first typeface until he was like 40 years old Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's like everybody knows who he is. I um, guess his typefaces aren't as popular as they once were, but uh, but yeah, he he in some ways he was uh, kind of a model for me uh, in terms of getting a late start in my type design career.
0: Great. Okay, number seven. What's a day in your life like?
1: Well. Um, Pretty, pretty, pretty boring, actually. I mean, I just, I usually try to deal with um, email and stuff like that in the morning. Um, I don't drink coffee. I used to drink a lot of coffee, but I quit that uh, a little while back. Um, That used to be the way I'd start every day, but now it's just a glass of water, uh, (laughs) which doesn't sound like it would be very stimulating. And I guess it isn't, but I do have my routines. Um. You know deal with the email and, and and maybe look at places like type drawers which is a sort of an online type designer community um you know i and eventually i, I think i do most of my work actual font work in the afternoons um although it kind of depends on what i'm working on if i'm in the middle of uh i tend to work in in like, I'm more of a sprinter than a marathoner um, where I tend to work in kind of intense stretches, like maybe going uh, for a couple of weeks and doing almost nothing else but working on a font. Um, uh, again, that's sort of like my serial obsession uh, side of my personality, um, where I'll just get really focused on one thing. Um, but the, the the rest of the time I'm you know I'm kind of dipping in and out and you know, kind of fighting distractions, I guess you might say uh, perfect.
0: um and almost halfway here. number eight, lifelong learning is a popular topic. How do you stay up
1: to date? Oh, um, I think I'm def- that's definitely true of me. I, I've definitely I mean, I went to school for two years and didn't even get my associate degree. Um, I meant to go back and do, I never, I didn't do any electives and, uh, for whatever reason and meant to go back and finish, but, uh, you know, it's like I, I skipped things like bowling and archery and things like that. Um, uh, but I never finished and it didn't really seem to be an impediment to getting to getting the kind of work I wanted. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I've always been kind of a self-taught kind of person. I didn't take I I mean I, I did have some training in college for doing lettering and did did do design my first typeface design in college as a project but the the teacher wasn't really a type designer or anything like that it was really just um you know uh, it wasn't any they didn't there weren't any sort of formal classes in how to design typefaces at, at the time um so I'm all I'm almost completely self-taught as far as type design goes and using the software, um, I've taken very few, if any, I don't think I've taken any classes in type design, it's all just been things that have, and I've always been kind of like that, um, wanting to just figure thing else, things out on my own rather than uh, have somebody tell me what to do. Um, um my, my, <laughs> it, it makes me think of my, when I was a baby, my mother said that um, uh, she used to try to feed me, you know, with a, with a spoon, you know, and and very quickly, I just grabbed a spoon and wouldn't let her do it. I wanted to do it myself, and I've always kind of been like that. Nice
0: uh, number nine. What tools do you use? Are you both digital and analog?
1: Um, mostly digital when it comes to type design. I do do sketches on paper, either with pens or pencil or whatever. But they're they're really they're and they're not really anything like finished sketches. Uh, some people do very tight finished sketches when they draw on paper, but I've never really been didn't done much of that. Um, the, the, the sketches are really more notes to myself. They're a way f- so that I can remember what the ideas that I come up with. Um, so there's sort of a shorthand means of recording my ideas so that I can then work on them on the computer later on. Um, but they they need to be you know, re- refined, and it's really more like they remind me of what I was thinking of. So I can then work on them on the computer. But I, I've gotten to the point where working on the computer, I can work much faster and get to the 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 final result much more quickly than I ever could on paper. Um I'm just used to the working with um with digital tools, you know, going back to like I said, I had the have had a Mac since they first came out, um, and been using Illustrator since it first came out and and various type design uh, software tools. Um, Right now, I'm using Glyphs, which is a Mac app um, that's been out for about uh, maybe 10 or 15 years. Um, And I really like it. Um, Before that, I used FontLab and before that, Fontographer. Um,
0: Perfect. Um, Number 10, how do you deal with work-life balance?
1: um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, some people would think I'm a bit of a workaholic uh, because I I tend to spend like, you know, 80% of my time in my office where I work, although I wouldn't say that I'm working all the time. Um, I tend to not be the sort of person that does just a normal sort of nine to five schedule. Um, I tend to work when I'm in the, when it's, when I'm sort of, um, kind of, it's not inspired to do it, but um, like when and when I'm at when I'm really into working on something, I, I just work on that and almost nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I I sort of, but it it it's, it could be in the evening, it could be early in the morning, it could be any time of day. Um, if I'm trying to finish something, if I'm really on a roll, I'll just work, you know, around, you know, just stop to eat meals or whatever. Other times I'm not really doing that much "quote unquote" work, um, but I am always sort of trying to learn new things and uh, uh, you know looking at resources online, you know watching videos about you know different uh, techniques and things like that, reading books, looking at books. Um, yeah.
0: Nice. And if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing?
1: Um. That's. Hard to say. I mean, it was kind of funny. In the, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm interested in. Um, I, you know, I did try to kind of get into hand lettering in the early 2000s before my type design career really took off. Um, That that's kind of related to type design, so it's not really something different. illustration is something that I've been interested in my whole life um, in cartooning. And so I've often wondered if that would be an alternative if if I hadn't found type design. Um, but uh, I'm also interested in like things like filmmaking and stuff like that. But again, it's like one of those things where unless you really get into it seriously, when you're young, I think it's difficult to get into it later. Um, so I end up being sort of an armchair Expert at these things, or I read a read a bunch of books about making your own films or whatever, but I never actually do anything.
0: <laughs> I remember in in the interview um, hearing you talk about how uh, a lot of the early type that you were involved with was essentially lettering, um, and how you submitted to ITC and uh, and had that first one rejected. Um, um, would that first typeface have have been a bit illustrative in a way or
1: not really. I mean, in in a way, it was well. It sort of turned into a font that it did release one of my early releases, um, a typeface called Cundle, mm-hmm. um, which is a serif typeface, kind of a sort of halfway between a Latin and a slab face. Um, but uh, it's it was it was kind of interesting when I did the typeface that I submitted to ITC, which was. Quite a bit different from kundal i mean it has some elements that are the same but it was much less uh refined i guess um and it's kind of like i had this idea for this shape of serif as if that's like the key to creating a new type design is to come up with a new serif shape mm-hmm. uh, and then the rest of the 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 design was less well less thought through um and it, I think, at the time, I, I thought it would be easier, you know, and I also assumed that, like the basic idea, was all they were they would need, and then they would help me sort of uh, do the project, the rest of the project. That they would have people who would, you know, be experts who would kind of hold my hand in the project and in the process, and and end up with a you know finished font, but it, um. Yeah, it was, I mean, looking back, I, w- I made a lot of mistakes and I even realized that when when it was rejected that there were problems, even before I submitted it, um, I tried to set some paragraphs in the font. I made like my own um, transfer lettering sheets in order to make the submission look even you know, more impressive or whatever. And w- as soon as I tried to set type with, with this typeface that I'd created i realized that the serifs were too big they were getting in the way mm-hmm. and it interfered with getting even spacing and the only way to get even spacing was would be to overlap the serifs mm-hmm. um which was an interesting idea maybe i mean maybe that is a valid way to do a typeface design but um it's not what what i anticipated when i was doing the design and so i learned something from that and You know, you know, nowadays you can figure things out like that much quicker when you're working on a computer because you can see right away if there's problems that are, um, that you didn't anticipate when you first thought of an idea. Back then it would be, you know, it could be weeks or months before you realized your mistake. Uh, So, yeah. Super interesting. Um, Number 12,
0: what would you not like to do with your career?
1: uh what would i not like to do hmm um i guess i like generally I, the things i don't want to do with my career i don't do <laughs> uh so i guess um i wouldn't want to get stagnant i, I wouldn't want to just be i mean one thing that's been really great for me is when i had some success with Proxmanova, um it allowed me to not take on any um, custom design uh, type design projects, which um, it's not that I'm against that, but um, the the thing, thing about doing retail typefaces, you know, where you just create a night create a typeface and release it, um, compared it, it, compared to doing custom typefaces, is that there's no client involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had done client work. Previously, as a graphic designer, and that was fine. Um, but there was something about the idea of just generating the ideas on my own, releasing them, and if people either buy them or they don't, that was much more. Um, it made I, I felt like an artist really for the first time in my life since since college. You know, where I was d- basically coming up with ideas and um, releasing them and seeing you know if people. Like them then they bought them if they didn't they didn't whereas when you're working with a client you really sort of a um a vehicle for their concepts um you know they're calling all the shots you may not agree with their decisions um or the directions they want to go uh but when you're creating uh uh your own typefaces and releasing them it's all on you you know it's like you're, you're um you're either validated or not, depending on whether how they how the uh, market reacts to it. Um, so I guess being uh, sort of having a regular job like that, or or just doing doing that kind of more conventional work, is something I've I you know that's not something I ever ever want to go back to.
0: So it sounds like you're saying that type design can be an art practice or a design practice, and and you favor the art one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it is also a design practice, but it's it's like you're not, I mean, to me, and it, like my definition of commercial art, I mean, they don't really call it commercial art anymore, but that's what, when I was com- growing up, that's what we called it. And the difference between art and commercial art is that with, uh, with commercial art, um, you're being hired to tell somebody else's story. Whereas when you're doing art, just as an artist, you're telling your own story, mm-hmm. and that difference, I never really, I really didn't think that that was important to me until I, it was, it actually became sort of what I was doing when I, um, when I was able to just uh, make type, make, uh, make my living just creating typefaces that that I come came up with on my own and not not for somebody else. Um, now, now that doesn't always suit everyone. Some people, uh, that's an uncomfortable uh, role to be in. Um, they they like they they're very stimulated by having to solve other people's problems, um, mm. and I, I am too in a lot of ways. But um, but I think after you know decades of doing that type of design, um, once I was I found myself sort of just generating things on my own. Um, and producing them was w- became very fulfilling for me.
0: Great, um, thirteen. What's your favorite word, quote, or sentence?
1: What was the question again?
0: Um, your favorite word, quote, or sentence.
1: Oh, favorite word, quote, or sentence. <laughs> you know, I heard you ask this one to late Ray Larrabee, and I was thinking, oh my god, what am I going to say for that? Uh, um, well, this is going to sound weird, but. Um, I, I was a big fan of National Lampoon Magazine when I was younger. And there was a writer who used to work for them, uh, Michael Odonna, who he, he also, I think he wrote and appeared on Saturday Night Live back in the early years. And uh, he did something uh, in the magazine once. It was just a page, like sort of like a little mini poster. And it just said, life, one thing led to another and before we knew it we were dead <laughs> and there's i don't know what it is about that quote it's sort of like almost like um carpe diem or something you know like don't forget that some someday you know you may not be around uh and urge it just to not i mean the way i interpret it is to not it sounds a little morbid but it's it's basically not to take life for granted
0: nice and how about a least favorite word quote or sentence
1: Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't like sort of buzzwordy sort of things, you know, like uh, hang in there or mm. things like that. I guess, I guess cliches. I don't like cliches. I I can't think of one specifically exactly, uh, but I don't like cliches.
0: Great. And 15, if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what word would you choose? Um,
1: I guess, Obsessive.
0: <laughs> what keeps you up at night?
1: Um, let's see. I, I guess things don't usually keep me up at night. Um.
0: Okay. Um, do you have? I a- think. I think.
1: I th- there was one thing. Um. I mean, if, if sometimes when I make a when in the past when I've made a business decision, that, um, on hindsight. I thought maybe I shouldn't have done that. That that has kept me up at night. Mm -hmm. So things like things that maybe uh, would have, like I should have done that differently. Like, Um, do you have a dream you're chasing? A dream that I'm chasing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, this is nothing to do with type design, but I I would like to do a a complete um, animated short. Film like a, a like a cartoon short, very cool. Um, but and I'm I'm sort of been playing around with animation software and been interested in animation since I was a teenager and kind of playing around with it. But I'm not very good yet uh, at it. Um, so I don't know if it'll ever happen. But that that, that is something I'd like to do some, at some point or com- complete at some point.
0: Cool. And final stretch number eighteen. What inspires you?
1: What inspires me? Uh, I'm inspired by anyone who does something really well. Um, You know, whether that's in art or design or uh, lettering or type or, you know, film, anything, um, any sort of creative pursuit that somebody, where somebody is really good at it, um, that inspires me.
0: Number 19, any advice you'd like to share?
1: Um, well, I guess if someone's interested in type design, I think a really valuable um, thing is persistence. Um, it's, it's not the sort of thing you can just sort of do in a few afternoons. Um, and uh, it's, it's the sort of thing that I think maybe I didn't have as much of when I was younger. So maybe I wouldn't have been well suited to type design when I was younger. But um, yeah, I think persistence is one of the most important things um or if you want to be a type designer
0: great and number 20 um do you have a call to action is there some way uh, we can keep tabs on you
1: well um i've got my website at marksimonson.com where you can find all my fonts i have a blog there where i occasionally write um things It uh, hasn't been as frequent as it used to be but i did recently write something that i got a lot of reactions from uh, called 1979 about kind of reconnecting with uh, the analog world after spending so much time using computers. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's probably the best place. I'm also on Instagram uh, at, I think it's at Mark Simonson and uh, also on Twitter, same handle.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You know, it's such a, I mean, having you specifically on is, is a great pleasure, but um, you're adding to this community of type designers that we're building. As you mentioned, Ray Larrabee was on and Keith and um, and Eric Speakerman. Um, mm-hmm. It's starting to really build out in this way. So I'm super excited to see this uh, happen. Um, thanks for being a part of it.
1: Oh, you're welcome. That was a, It was my pleasure. If you like
0: today's podcast, I encourage you to have a listen to other episodes. You can easily find them at uniqueways.ca or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on social media. And thank you. It's you that makes these great, and it's you who these are for. Stay tuned for more Unique Ways.